Hello and welcome again to Spruecast. I'm joined again by Josh and Gilbert, who's standing in for our friend Gordon, um, who should be back uh, maybe next week, I think. I've uh, got to check with him uh, how he's doing. Uh, but we wish him well. And um, so uh, we're going to crack on. And uh, we're just uh, going to talk a bit about what we've been doing this week. Um, so I will uh, let Josh go first. I, I I basically this weekend put orange on the Porsche body. I, you know, still trying to figure out airbrushing a little bit. So it didn't come out the way I wanted it to, but it looks okay. Yeah, that sometimes happens, though, doesn't it? You see a colour. Um, I don't know if this has happened to you as well, Gil. You, you, you'd you see a colour and you think, yes, that's going to look really nice. But then when you actually get it on the model, you think, uh, is, is you're a bit deflated with it. it. It's perhaps not quite looked as you thought it would. Yeah, yeah it, it happens a lot. Yeah. And I know Josh showed us... Um, Earlier on, I, I don't know if I can get it. If I can get a photo uh, or a piece of video onto this, I, I will. Um, but he showed us his Porsche earlier. Can you bring up your Porsche there, Josh? Oh, Just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so he painted it, went for orange, and um, he has got an orange, but I, I don't think it's the orange you wanted, was it? No, it really, really wasn't. I, it, it's not gloss coated at the moment, though. I mean, it it is what it is. I one one of these days, I've just got to sit down and actually pull out all the airbrushes. Get just get like a piece of like hard plastic or steel yeah. or something, you know, and just figure out what I'm doing wrong. I, but I you know. I'm looking at that, Josh, and I don't see anything wrong with the finish. Um, it looks orange to me. Yeah, but look yeah. at the finish. It, it, when he shines it in the light, there's no – I can't see any orange peel or any sort of bits sticking to it. Like the, the things that you would normally get when people say they're struggling with airbrushing. Um, but the finish on that Porsche, um, I'm not talking about the colour, but the finish on it, Looks very good. Um, so I don't, I don't know when when you say you're you've not quite got the airbrushing down. I think you might have the you might have the airbrushing sorted. It, it maybe it's like like me. I I can airbrush, um, and I was just talking to Gil about this. Uh, it, my problem is visualizing the color and making the color choices. Um, which can be quite difficult for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've just been talking to Gil about that. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for me, like we were talking earlier, um, and I didn't I, – um, I'll have an idea in my head. Like this dragon that I was doing, it didn't it, – it's not what I wanted it to look like, but it's what it, it, it ended up looking like. Um, it's just – you just start going with the flow and I just let the paint take me where it's going to take me. And if I mess it up, I'll do it again. Um, it's usually, I, I have an idea. I don't like here. I don't, there's a, uh, I see a lot of blues and 
you know, like the, uh, these fantasy dragons, they make them, you know, like blue and yeah. all that. I, I tend more for the muted uh, um, reptilian colors, you know? Yeah. The darker colors, that's where I, I, I more I lean more towards that. So that's what I'm shooting for. Um, sometimes it works great. Uh, sometimes um, it comes out really nice, you know? Um, like we were talking, get yourself a color wheel, learn your triads of your colors, you know, your what's complementary and stuff. And if you don't, you know, you just always pull it out. Like you, if I'm going to use a yellow, what's a complementary color for a yellow, you know, things like that there. And once you get that, I mean, that's, that, that's simple. I mean, once you get that down, then you just work on, on, on laying it down. Yeah. For, for those that are maybe not sure, um, uh, you can get a color wheel. You can go and download uh, a color wheel um, offline. You can go and buy them in art shops. Uh, you, you know the one Gord, uh, the one Gilbert's on about is is one that's like a purchased one. It's a proper wheel. Um, that, but you can go online and download them. And essentially, it's a ring of all the colors, um, and it tells you what colors work best with each other what colors don't work best with each other uh, you know it takes for people that are not um not that way inclined when it comes to color not a sort of artist don't have that artistic bent um it it's a brilliant piece of kit it's very simple but um if if you're if you're you know you're struggling in terms of colors then it's very, very sound advice. Get a color wheel um, and start using that in, in everything you do yep. when it comes to painting your, uh, your figures. Um, I don't think it's so much for war planes and things like that because they have their set colors that you follow. But when you move into the fantasy realm and you want to, or a realm where you want to paint um, a dragon serpent, uh, or you know, which something like you know, something like that, then your only barrier really is the creativity in your mind. Um, and sometimes when you're starting out, that can be really hard. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, a color wheel is it, it frees you up a bit, yeah. and it's it, it, like you said, you can get an app for it, or you can get the one like I have in my hand right now. Yeah, and the cool thing about the one I have, and I'm sure it has it on the app also. Uh, one side gives you your complementary colors of what works, you know, like in a triad, you know. Yeah. The other side will show you if you want to uh, mix a color, and it'll give you like if you add blue to green, what it gives you, uh, yellow to green, uh, you know, red to green, you know, th things like that. There, you know, if you want to add red to blue or red to blue violet, you know, it just yeah. shows you, it shows you what what color you'll end up with if you're mixing certain colors because you know i see a lot of, they'll take they'll take like a uh um, a white and they'll add it to red well you end up with a pink you know i yeah. use i i i mix red i put yellow in the red or, or you know that it'll it depends on how much you put in there too so you got to be careful yeah yeah it's a very good tool to have oh yeah yeah and um, I, I, to be honest, I think nearly every artist in most fields will have a color wheel somewhere. somewhere yeah, somewhere. Yeah, just about everybody I know that's a phenomenal artist. Um, they they know their primaries, but 
they always have one off to the side just for reference because every now and then you get you get you know your mind goes somewhere you, you reach yeah. look at it and you put it down you know? and you know what i prefer i would prefer the physical one over the digital one and uh the reason for that is um you've got a physical one you just pick it up spin you know choose your color with a digital one you tend to you know it's the same with paint apps um, you pick up your phone, then you've got to find the app, first of all. And if you like me, you've got 150-odd apps. So you've got to go through and find it. Um, then you've got to open it up and and then navigate to the screen. And, and by that time, if you've got the physical one, you can just spin it round yeah. and yeah. Bob's your uncle. Exactly. So exactly. Yep. That would be my... Uh, well, not my tip. This is Gilbert's tip, but we'll uh, I'm gonna pinch it and call it tip of the day. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so on to you. Uh was uh, did you do anything else, Josh? Or how's how's the big uh, cyborg thing being you've got going? I you know, I, I I really haven't played around with it. I I I basically set that down for a second and started I got a couple Reaper or Army Painter paints. Oh right, yeah. This I I've been playing around with the skin tone version because that's what I got. I'm actually getting to where I like that Army Painter stuff. I really really like it. I think that instead of Citadel, I think that's the way I'm gonna go. Well, um, I just because I follow uh, one of the groups that I'm in. Um, there's well, to be honest, there's only two two uh groups that I really watch on video, and one of them is Gil's uh, uh Styrene Syndicate. I, I watch them videos and that, and the other is Hobby Link International. Um, and I won their competition last month, and I, I won a set of scale 75. Um, any scale 75 paint set. Um, and I, I went and had a look and I opted for their flesh paint set. I've never used scale 75 paints before. Uh, so it, I'm interested to see how they work. And anyway, that they arrived the other day. Um, Customs put some VAT on them, one pound something. And then Royal Mail charge me like nearly nine quid handling fee wow um just for these paints and all because uh the people that sent it out it, it wasn't hobby link international it was another company that sent it out they put a price on the package of 35 dollars um minute you do that you're gonna get charged um but uh, that's that's the way it is but anyway, they've arrived, and I'm going to be trying them out very soon uh, on some small small figures. Um, do either of you have got any knowledge of Scale Seventy Five? I have, um, I have uh, quite a few of their stuff. I have their Fantasy range, uh, and I also have their uh, what is the name their. Their FX Fluor experience, which is the fluorescent colors, I'm not too. They're not really that fluorescent, but they're not bad. Um, yeah. So I got those. I also have, like I said, I have their um, fantasy range. Um, 
they're not. I, I find with the fantasy range, you know, it, 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 it they differ. Some of them are thin, some of them are thick. So, but they're nice. Right. They're, they're nice. I mean, they're it's. If you're gonna shoot them through an airbrush, and I'm I'm talking strictly to an airbrush. You know, uh, it's a little learning curve because they're. If you're used to shooting, say Vallejo or Citadel or, or Reaper or Badger or Tamiya, the the scale seventy five, some of them, like I said, can be thinner and some of them are thicker. So you just got to figure out, you know, what paint you're using. Like, yeah. say, you know, like white. We all know white is is highly pigmented. Um, the grays are, are are a little thicker. Some of their their um, blues and stuff are really nice. Um, thinner, but yeah, you just got to figure them out. But well, you'll you'll see when you get them. Which one did you get? You didn't get the fantasy rings, did you? No, no, I got the flesh paints. Oh, yeah, they're nice. The flesh paints are nice. Yeah, and, and there's quite a few of them there. It says super matte finish, but um, I don't yeah. know. But see, before I before I use mine, I find um, I have this little. Um, so I'm just showing everyone on the screen here. It's it's basically like a plastic tub um it's got my paints in ready for the next for the ship that i'm on at the moment uh -huh. what i do is i put really you know um hand hot water in there um and then i think i got this tip from gill as well to be honest you want to and then I, I put the paints in that i'm going to use and I leave them in there for, I don't know for about five or ten minutes and then when i come and take them out you you can uh, I swear you can hear the difference in the paint when you shake it. Um, it's almost as though it's more, you know, it's it's got thinner. Well, yeah, the, the heat thin, uh, uh, changes the viscosity on it, you know. So. Yeah, 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 that's that's the term I was looking for. It, it's, you know, you... You've got to try it really to understand um, what I'm what I'm trying to explain. Um, trying to explain it, I'm just I just sound like a mad person. I do. Excuse me. I do that with um, Badger Steiner Res. It's really thick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ev everything I've tried, uh, everything I've used in terms of acrylic, I I don't do it with um, uh, lacquers, yeah. uh, but. With with the acrylics, yeah, it definitely makes a difference. I find, uh, especially with airbrushing, to be honest, because it, um, I don't know, it just works for me. So, when um, we move on to uh, what have you been up to this week, then, Gil? I've been painting this dragon, this Reaper dragon. It's uh, his name is T Rock to Rockzul, I think it R A U T. Apostrophe R A U K Z U L, I think it is. Yeah, that's available from Reaper. Yes, from Reaper Miniatures. It's a big piece, um, beautifully yeah, sculpted. Um, it's a beautiful sculpt. And I've uh, just been uh, experimenting with just inks on it. Well, I primed it in Badger Steiner Res, different colors. And then I went in and um, instead of using paint to get the color I wanted, I used inks, uh, Liquitex. Uh, I've got some golden, some Bombay, Vallejo, and then uh, some Citadel inks over the or washes over the top of all that, you know. So I, I'm really liking the way it's coming out, you know. The, yeah, it, it, it does look um, rather splendid. I still got and, the inner wings and, and the claws, but yeah, for the most part, yeah, I'm, I'm really liking it the way this uh, the inks are working on it. 
and again what i'll try and do is try and get a couple of stills um from gil and i'll attach them to the this podcast so that uh, those of you that have a screen will be able to see it um that's what i'm going to try and do it's a new thing i'm experimenting at the moment with um you know we're slowly making a change towards video um but uh, i'm just taking it a step at a time at the moment but uh yeah that that uh dragon i mean the wingspan on it's got to be oh geez um it's, it's 10 inches up. yeah that's more than that's more than 12 so we're looking at maybe about 14 inches from tip to tip yeah that's how that's how big this this dragon is and it um yeah, it is a smart piece of kit. Did all these because you you build quite a lot? Do uh, do you are they commission builds or uh, do you are they sort of all around the house or? I do I do do some commission stuff. Usually, what happens is somebody will see something I've painted and they'll say, "Is that for sale?" And if Mama doesn't claim it, then yes. Um, but then they'll they'll ask me, "Can you do one for me?" And then. I tell them, yeah, just order it, have it sent here, and you know, you go over the, the details of what you're charging them. But yeah, um, nine times out of ten, they uh, like the dragons, especially those don't. They don't leave. Once I paint one like this one here, it's not leaving the house. My wife's already mm -hmm. painted. You know, there's got to be about eight of them upstairs. You know, they're hers. Um, she keeps them. Yeah. But I do paint some for other people if they ask me to. You know, it, it just all depends on how they want it painted, which is no problem. But um, I find that lately, well, it, within the last year, you get people that'll want you to do this kind of paint work. This is four days of ink work on this, um, and I sit here from I don't know, and, and it's not constant painting, but you know, I've got at least, you know, as far as work time, about fifteen hours into this. Yeah. Thing. But they want to get, you know, they figure, oh, the, the, the dragon only costs 70. I'll give you 100 for it. I'm like, nope. Yeah, yeah. That was going to be one of my next questions, actually, because I, um, one of the things I found when I first got into modeling was I, I used to go and visit, you know, when you go to the seaside and they've got the gift shops and they've got these models in there that are, that are hand-painted uh -huh. um, and, and they're selling them and um, – I used to look at them and, you know, I'm not on about the, the, the cheap ones that are mass hand painted. Mm -hmm. I'm on about you go in occasional shops and there'd be like really nice models that had been hand painted. They were, fit. I always used to complain at how dear they were. Um, and once I got into modeling, I actually realized how much work goes into one of those. Um, and I had a sudden appreciation for the price. Um, it suddenly made a lot more sense why they're so dear. Um, but I had, I had a lady at the post office about two years ago. She she I was sending a couple of them out, and she 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 knows I paint, so she asked me, you know, what do you do? I like the dragons that you do. Uh, would you paint one for me? And I said, sure. You know, this is where you go to buy it. And she's, you know, we were sitting there talking. And she said, well, what would you charge me to paint it like that? And I and I looked at her and I says, well, you better sit down. 
Because <laughs> if, if I'm going to paint it like that, you know, the model is, I don't know, $50. You're looking at $400 uh, plus, you know, shipping or whatever. Yeah. What about $450? And she said, wow. I said, yeah. There's a lot of time that goes into And it, it's like with people with tanks or planes or, there, you know, if you do a good job, like say that that that, that robot, that, that, that Titan that uh, Josh is doing. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of time invested in printing that thing. Yeah. So you, you, you have to uh, uh, calculate what your time is worth. Okay, $10 an hour. Say $10 an hour. All right. So I don't know. He's probably got, what, 20, 25 hours into that, Josh? Oh, shit. Easily. Okay. No, I've got easily probably like one, 120 hours into okay. it. So at yeah. $10 an hour, there it is right there. And then, to, you know, that's not painted yet. So now I got to assemble it. And then I got to paint it. So now you you put, you put you add whatever worth you, th you think you're worth. Your painting is worth it to that. So that Night Titan that Josh is doing, you're looking at well over, if he were to uh, sell that, you know, with his, the time that he put into to, to printing it. The time that he put in to prep it, um, to put it together, fill in this, that, and the other, the time the primate payment, you're looking at 27, maybe three grand. Yeah. And people will look at you like, excuse me? I'm like, okay, then buy the buy one and you paint it. Yeah, and they won't buy it. They'll just walk away and think you're mad. Oh, yeah, they'll think you're mad. I mean, I know people that that this little guy right here, they 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 there's some very, very uh, um, well-known painters, just to hold this in their hand. They got it in their hand. They charge by the millimeter. Really? So by the millimeter? By the millimeter. Wow. So now you're, you're getting charged $20, $25 by the millimeter. So this mm. little guy here can run you three, $400, you know, U.S. And they're like, well, no, that's too much. Then you paint it. You know, if you want me to sit down and spend 10 hours painting something, I'm charging you $25 an hour to paint it. Yeah. That's me. That's me. And, yeah. and, and here, here's the other thing. And I'll, I'll use the, the term tabletop is generally what you're going to get for a base rate. If you want like gills rate, you know, there's all kinds of different Yes, formulas, but you need to remember when someone says tabletop, that is not their best work. No, no, you're getting, uh, yeah, you're getting, you're getting a quick paint. You know, yeah, getting primary colors um, put on there. They're nice, but you're, roller. Yeah, but you're not getting the, the finely detailed paintwork. You know, so you have what, uh, what is it, uh, tabletop, and then you have uh, uh, something, you know, I can't remember what other people call it, but. You have tabletop, and then you have a, a shelf, you know, something, a display. Yeah, display. Uh, I can't remember the term. And then, then you have, like, contest. Yeah, contest painting. So you got three different scales there. Now, most people will go for the tabletop because they're using them. So now a figure like that will run you. If you've got 10 figures, that's $10 a figure. That's $100. Yeah. You know, that's easily done. You know, you got three, four colors on it, bam, bam, bam. You're doing 10, 15 of them. There it is. Now you want you got you got shelf now well or contest now you're talking you're talking some serious money 
you know, and there are people that'll do it. Um, I used to paint those night titans. I used to make good money doing them, but the bottom fell out of that because then everybody and their mother started painting them. Yeah, you can I go. Got, yeah, yeah, you can go on eBay right now and see something that somebody says, "Oh, this is professionally painted." The model in the U.S. for a night titan costs you one hundred thirty, one hundred forty dollars, depending on where you buy it. They're selling this thing for two hundred dollars painted on a base. So it's like, okay, if you spent one hundred and fifty dollars. To buy the model, now you got to clean it up. You got to put it together, and then you're only you know you, you're discounted. There's no money in that. You're not charging for that. Well, these no. then you're charging fifty dollars to paint it. I'm sorry, I'm not touching it for fifty dollars. There's no way. There's no way I'm doing it. So so bearing that in mind, and I know what you mean about the Night Titan. Um, have you ever like have you ever come across a model that you've painted? Um, that you've thought, right, there's no way in hell I'm going to go on YouTube and show people how to paint this because it's it would be detrimental to, uh, uh, to I don't know, to you or to – do you see what I mean? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Okay, no. I, I have no secrets. I'll show you everything. Yeah. You know, um, there but, are, but a lot of modelers do. Well, yeah, I, I know a lot of people that do it, and, and you know, I'll I'll tell you, and I joke about it. I have no ancient Chinese secrets. I have no super duper hacks. I will show you exactly what I've done. You know, I'll, and and believe me, I've last night I three guys were talking asked me about this this dragon. How did I do that? And I spent about an hour and a half in private messaging. Yeah, explaining exactly what I did. I'll tell you how to do it. I'll show you how to do it. It's up to you to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I, I have no secrets. I there's nothing. Yeah. You know what? I, 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 being a person on the syndicate, I will testify to this. If you ask Gil anything, you will get a response back. Oh yeah, it, yeah. I know that. Accurate and. Yeah, yeah, because I've often I've often asked Gil for help, and he's he's always stepped up and uh, told me how to do it. But I've also um, I'm just trying to think of so so an example would be I got told there was a time when I would would really really struggle with um, oh, was it photo etch i was having i mean i still struggle with photo etch but there was a time where i wouldn't go near it because i couldn't get it to stick at all um and i'd go and ask certain people and they'd say no no you you know that's that's how you do it you know you'd use your tet or whatever not tet um super glue um I've got a funny feeling it wasn't photo etch, it was something else, but I'm going to stick with that for the moment. Okay. Um, and then somebody finally stepped up and said, uh, they don't use uh, what you got to use is, um, and where is it? Oh, bear with me. It's something that jewelers use. And it's um, called this GS Hypo Cement. Yeah, the Hypo Cement. Yeah, and it's what um, jewelers use to put in uh, crystals and optics mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And the thing was, the people that were telling me to stick with the super glue and um, and and use use that 
were actually people that struggled with the superglue themselves and no longer used it. But they weren't going to tell me because they felt like it was some secret. Yeah, you know, about, I don't know, about six years ago, when I first started modeling, five years ago, five, six years ago, I was on a Japanese uh, uh, community. And I saw this, the way this guy had done a prop on a plane. Yeah. It was beautifully done. And I asked him, I said, hey, how did you do that? And the guy told me, figure it out yourself. Oh, wow. That, From that wow. moment, that's when I sat down and I figured it out. You know, I mean, I, I have basic painting skills, so I've, I know what colors were there. So I ended up doing it myself. That's right there where I told myself. And I've got a video in my art way back, you know, in, in uh, on my page that says it, where I'm talking about it, where that right that right there told me, whatever I learn, I'm going to pass it on. You know, yeah. You know, because, you know, I, I've always been one of those. Look, I, I've got, I get people that will tell me, hey, how come you don't have, I got a Twitch page, I don't use it. But why don't you get a Patreon? I'm like, why? I give everything away anyway, so you know why? You know, I mean, if if it's just for you want, wanting to watch me paint, fine, I can do that. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I, I don't have any secrets, Mark. Yeah, I don't, I, there's never been one thing that I've done that I've not, I've lied about what I how I did it. You know, I'll tell people this is what I did. You know, and if you know if they want me to show them, then I'll get a, an old model and I'll prime it real quick and I'll show them. You know, but it's up to you to do it. You know. Yeah, and, that, and I will add this, and I will add this about Gil. If he doesn't know, he'll like say he'll add someone to the conversation, and he'll bail out, and then you're talking to the guy that actually knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is how I learned how mm -hmm. I met Lenny. Oh mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I know Lenny. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, um, I mean, that's what, I started up um, Spruce Surgery Waiting Room, and its sole, you know, its sole purpose is to encourage uh, modelling and to help uh, people modelling, to help them out in any way possible. Uh, so, uh, I, I, I do have a Patreon channel. I'll be honest. I've got a Patreon channel. Oh, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with him. Oh, no, no, no. I've got two subscribers. Hmm? I've got two subscribers on that Patreon channel. They've been with me from way back, and they subscribe every month. And um, you know, I was open with everyone when I opened the when I opened the Patreon channel. Um, I told everyone that um, I was opening it because we was. We were and still are. We're struggling financially, as everyone is in this this age. And um, I just felt that it might help. Um, but then in the same video, I also told people that nothing I put on the Patreon channel would be not available anywhere else. So I, I more or less said, you can, you know, you can come in and subscribe, but you will be able to get everything that comes on here from my regular channel. Um, so I kind of shot myself in the foot right from the word go. Um, and that's because I'm, I'm not that sort of person. 
Um, I like to help people. I don't like to take um, money off people. Well, if, if you're doing an uh, uh, if you're doing an educational thing, like say I don't know, like that ship you're doing, yeah, and and people are interested in how you're doing it, that's one thing. Um, I get a lot of people that will go. I, I, I'm learning how to paint this. How do you do it? And what I usually do is I'll send them to a YouTube page. I mean, Josh, you could you've seen me do it. I'll yeah. say go check this guy out. Go check this guy out. Yeah, go, yeah, I've seen you do that as well. Go check these guys out. You know, and, and, and they'll they'll break it down for you step by step. They do that. Then they'll come back to me. Well, how did you, how did you do that? And that's where I'll if you're asking me how I did it, I'll show you. If you're asking me, you want to learn, I send them to people that are people that I admire. You know, people that 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 when I see their work, it's like, oh my God, you know, that's beautiful. Here, go check here, James Whoopel. Yeah, that that's actually how James and Kathy came to be on um, this uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. About when were James and Kathy on? Josh? Weeks ago, right, three weeks. Yeah. Ago. yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and and that was all because when I first met Gil, and um, he told me that he he had people that he admired, and um, and he James was one of them, and. Um, Kathy as well, I believe, and uh, that, that, that's that's how they came to be on the show. Uh, you know, uh, well, it's through it's through him, people like him, but him primarily that I've taken the risks with the inks and stuff that I, that I normally wouldn't have done. You know, it's just you know because I watch him paint, and there's a cacophony of paint on that palette of his. And and whatever he's he dips. Okay, let me do that. He's like the Bob Ross of painting, you know, a figure painting. I've never seen anyone so into it, so in the zone all the time. All the time, all the time. So I I've learned so much just watching him. I you know I rarely ask him a question. I'm just listening to him because if you listen, he's telling you what he's doing. Yeah, you know, he's showing you and he's telling you what he's doing. You know, there's no need to explain it. He's showing you and he's telling you, okay, uh, let me try this little paint in there. And uh, you know what? Let me add a little bit of this and then blah, blah, blah. And then the, it's like the, you got a you got a cheap paintbrush and slap, 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 slap. Okay, let me take a little bit of this off and put a little bit of this on. That That's the best of it. That's the And, and we touched on this in the interview with him. Um, I'll never, ever forget. Uh, there was a time when I used to be so obsessed with buying the very best paintbrushes, and um, I was always trying to get a better and you know, you know, better paintbrush, better quality. And I think I was on the Styrene Syndicate one night, and I think Gil might have asked, uh, or the the subject came up about paintbrushes, and somebody it might have been you gil asked james uh what paintbrushes is it you use and i, I think you knew full well what it was oh i, I knew what he was using but and I he came out yeah. with this um it was like a child's packet from mm -hmm. a toy shop yep. with these brightly colored sticks with this thick black horsehair brush on the end you know the well they're not horsehair they're like nylon um you know them cheap brushes yeah. you get and he got like a pack of 50 of them and he paid about 20 pence for them, something yeah. like that. <laughs> and those were what he was using. 
and uh, you know I we touched on it on the interview and sure enough he, he he got one there and then he was actually working with uh incredible i have uh, i have my windsor newtons the series sevens my Raphaels. you know i rarely use them i very i mean i use them but very rarely what you see on my table right here the, the only two expensive ones if you want to call it that are these two broken toads that are here the rest of these are cheap you know three yeah. paper and that's what i use to paint this guy other than my I, most of it is airbrushed but the inks and everything i laid them down with was what these what you see here and basically so just, just, this guy sorry, right here Let's just talk about size because that was another issue when I first started modeling, and it's one I still struggle with. Most detail painting, I find that most the professional and the advanced, um, and I'm going to use the word loosely, amateurs, um, use a size two paintbrush. And I'm talking about the the small figures, the detail. Yeah. Whereas um, I was out searching for I, at one point, I had a twenty slash zero oh, um, yeah. Yeah. brush, yeah. and I was obsessed. They would be the only ones that I would use twenty slash zero, which is basically like a single, or, or maybe I've got one there. It's got about four hairs on the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt that that is what I needed in order to achieve um, the, the 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 effects that you know facial features and stuff like that. Yet all the experts and the professionals and uh, you know the even the uh, amateurs uh, they stick with this size too. Um, yeah, I have uh, like here. Here's my. Um my Raphael, that's a two. Yeah. The smallest I have in a Raphael is a zero, and that's never been used. Um, I I use the smallest I use is the number one. There are occasions where I'll go to a two zero or a three zero, like this guy's eyes. I mean, they're so tiny I couldn't get, you know. But if you've got a good brush and it doesn't it doesn't have to be you know super expensive and it's got a nice point on it, you can do a lot of work with that. Um, where was that uh that hellboy i did yeah that hellboy was done with this one right here and this is a number two brush um the eyes with a number two um this one here is probably the one i use the most and this is a uh, number six the, what's the best way to care for a brush when you're done with them clean them real good and try yeah. to hold, try to hold them with the brush down so the paint doesn't get up inside there you don't want to you don't want to get paint all over the brush because it ends up getting in the ferrule. Um, this one, yeah, here is about, yeah this, blue this, comes away. Yeah, this guy here is about five years old. This number one here from uh, Broken Toad, it's got to be about three, four years old. But look at the point on that. Yeah, you know, it's like a needle. You just you know when you're done cleaning them and stuff, you know you just. You, you shape them as best you can. I, <laughs> my wife says it's gross. I'll 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 use spit, and I shape it and I just put it down. Yeah, you know, very very seldom do I have them that curl, but these are sable. Uh, let me see this guy right here. 
is a uh, um, what do you call it? a golden edge, which is a tackleon. Oh, right, yeah, the tackleon ones. So look at the point on that. This is you just clean them. I mean, it's starting to curl, but it's this thing here's seen a lot of work. Um, a good a good brush cleaner. You, you know, you clean your brush. Usually, when I'm cleaning my brushes, I have it. A little bowl here that's dirty and i'll have a clean one i'll clean it in there and what i put the soap in my hand you know get it real yeah. quick you know work it through the cleaner or i use my believe it or not i use it my jesus used to clean my brushes yeah cleans them out really good you just got to take care of them. you clean them you know what what else is good if you've got a sable brush hair conditioner regular hair conditioner after you've after you've washed them you clean them. You put a little a little dollop in your hand of, of regular hair conditioner. You roll it in there, work it into the thing, you know, shape it, and put it down. And when you use it, when you go to use it next time, just you know, do a little rinse on it. Boom. Because you got to remember that's hair. The sable, that's hair. So a little a little conditioner that you use in your hair helps out with the. Or you get a brush conditioner. Yeah, I've got the uh, the little tubs. What are they called? Master. Yeah, the masters. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to use that. I will say that if you're one of these people that's got the humbrol sets, I'm not on about the cheap ones they give away with their kits, with their fixed kits, but uh, they do sets of like detail brushes and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and you pay about I don't know. I guess the American price would be something like if, it, if it's the same as the British price, around ten dollars. Mm -hmm. um, if you leave them in water for too long, they swell. And that's because um, under the plastic coating, they've, they're made of this, uh, is it balsa? You're talking about the handle, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the handle swells and it cracks. Um, all the plastic cracks uh, and then the ferrule comes away and they're no good. Um, so, yeah, don't. In fact, it's not a good idea to leave your brushes in water overnight um, because when you come to take them out, they will have curled. Oh, yeah, yeah. They will have – because they rest on the bottom. You've got the whole weight of the brush pushing down and um, especially uh, – it's not so bad on sort of uh, chisel-type brushes and stuff like that, but when you come to detail brushes, um, round brushes – you leave that brush in water overnight and you're going to struggle. Yeah, you should never do that. Back. You, should you never, will struggle. Yeah, you should never leave them in water too long because they will curl on you. They'll bend that. Yeah, yeah. And once they've curled, uh, to be honest, I don't think I've ever got a brush back to where it was. Uh, perhaps if I've used hairspray, but the minute the hairspray, you know, you dip it before you start using it again and it, it sort of wears off. It depends how bad it is. Um, I've got a whole lunchbox full of brushes that are no good. Yeah, like what you were talking about, like that 20 zero or, you know, 10 zero, 20 zero. Yeah. You know what? I have a bunch of them. I gave them to my daughter because I don't use them. She uses them for nail art, you know. Yeah, so this is, I'm looking at one now, and this was, to be honest, at the time I felt this was the best brush I'd ever bought, and it's an Army Painter War Gamer, the Psycho. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's badly curled at the end. Uh, it's split, you know, when you get that fork yeah, yeah. at the end of brushes, and for some reason you can never, ever get that back. 
when when it forks at the end, I've never managed to, uh, you know. Yeah, that's there's there are two plus. There's not a lot of they don't hold paint. They really don't. All no. you, you take a little bit on the tip, you go bip, and then you got to go back. Bip. Yeah, they don't. They don't. That's why for detail work, I'll use either a number one or a number two because it it's got a fatter uh, 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 barrel to it. You know the the and it's fuller and it'll hold more paint. Yeah, because the thing is, when you use something like this, which I can't remember what's this one, Psycho, I think it is about yeah, twenty zero. Yeah, I know exactly what you had there. Um, when you dip it in your your paint, uh, when it's thin, when your paint's thin, it will actually pick up like a a drop, a droplet, mm -hmm. and it only looks small. But when you're painting a figure. 148th one or even 124th and you touch the end of your tip to the figure that droplet will become like a tidal wave yeah. and it, it just splashes all over um because i normally find I, I have it when i'm doing eyes trying to do eyes was always and still is the, my biggest problem um you know you try and do the white and you, you you pick up the tiniest amount of paint and you go over to your model but that tiniest amount of paint over there has suddenly become a bucket <laughs> yeah yeah what are you using josh for paintbrushes um that's a good question what the heck are they well called? with that with that big one he's building he's probably got a roller <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I, I I get the ones they're simple mm -hmm. um from Walmart. They're they have all different types. They have um watercolor oil, acrylic, you know. Yeah. Says yeah I know the ones you know. back here there's a two zero, a zero, a five zero, and a one. Yeah. You can and I usually get the big packs, so you get like the big brush for dry brushing. Right, right. And I spend like seven bucks. So how often do you replace? How often are you going out and buying them packs? Or I believe it or not, I bought. I, I probably have been doing the figures for like four years now, and have still using the same paintbrushes. So wow, that's good. Then as long as you take care of them, they last. Yeah, I haven't been that lucky. But the funny thing to me is when I was going through and figuring out what I wanted to get, if I wanted to upgrade to a better brush, I started watching videos of like interviews at conventions, like what paintbrushes you use. And not one of them guys that win wards and stuff use the same, same uh, brushes. Uh, it's all different. Yeah. It's all different. It's, and then, and then all of them say, Hey, and if you don't like my answer, go talk to James. Because he, he, like, you know, they get those really, really cheap brushes and they go, yeah, if you don't like those, just go talk to James. He, uh, you, you won't like his answer either. It, it, yeah. it, it's whatever is comfortable in your hand. Once you get used to a certain brush or a certain type of brush, you know, there's no, I, I like I said, I have expensive brushes here. When someone asks me which one of those brands should I get, my answer is always, well, you can get the Series 7. But me personally, I like the Raphaels. But that being said, I also use Broken Toad. And, but 
lately, the last two years, I've been using just whatever's in front of me. Because I, if I turn to my left here, I've got one, two, three, four, five jars full of paintbrushes. There's two more up there. There's three in front of me here. They're all full of paintbrushes. And the ones I use are the, are, are the most are this, this right here. These right here. Yeah. And yeah, yeah you're like, hey, I'm, I'm the same. I've got, oh, look, we've all got, so there's mine. Yeah. I've got a couple of hundred of them, but there's only maybe a good 20 of them in front of me that, that I use at all the time. Yeah. So what I do is every now and then I'll go through, I'll get rid of the ones that are knackered, um, and I'll only ever uh, buy any more when, when this starts to thin out. When I... When I start to find that I'm struggling to get a decent brush, then I'll go and buy five more of these. I'll tell you which ones I do find a lot. I buy them off Mike Jolly. I pay about 70, 79p to £1.20 per brush, and they're the Italeri ones. Um, I've really found them to be quite good. I buy the number ones and number twos. Um, I'm just trying to see. If here's, got... the, here's the other thing I tell people. It all depends on what type of paint you're using. Like my my Raphael's, my 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 Windsor Newtons, my Broken Toads. They never, never. If I'm going to use them, I use them for acrylics. I don't use them on oils, and there's a reason for that because you got that expensive sable, and you're sticking it in thinners to clean them. You 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 kill the brush. You, you eventually. You'll kill that brush. So my my expensive paintbrushes are never used with oils. Ah, never. I did not know that. You will ruin that brush quickly if you've got a say you got a ten dollar paintbrush. It's a sable paintbrush. Keep it just for your acrylics, your water. Right. If you're gonna use uh, uh, oils, then get yourself a tackle on a synthetic brush. Use that because that'll last you a lot longer. Because you'll ruin that brush really quick. Now, painters use them, you know, like oil painters use them, but you know they're they're doing oil paint and they're cleaning them and they're doing whatever they're doing and they they don't last as long as say this guy will. Um, I know a lot of oil painters that won't use a, an expensive brush. They'll use something like this. This is a, a Grumbacher. They'll use a Grumbacher or something similar to that, um, but. The beauty of a good sable brush is sometimes the synthetics will leave some really nasty brush strokes in there. A good synthetic, a good sable brush will not do that. Yeah. It, it's just a different painting experience. But once you get used to doing them, it doesn't really, if you're painting what we're painting, there's no reason why you should go out and buy $200 worth of, uh, for, for a set of five paintbrushes. There's no reason you should be doing it. Save that money for something else. Just get yourself a good synthetic brush and maybe one or two good uh, uh, sable brushes, and that's all you really need. And, and then if you if you do ruin a brush, don't throw the stick away. Get alligator clips and then reuse the handle. Oh yeah, I never throw them away. I use them for for dry brushing. Yeah, I've got all mine. If ever there's a job comes up that needs something doing that I know the brush is going to be knackered at the end of it, maybe I need to brush Tet somewhere um, and I need a long handle, then I'll use one of them old brushes. Yep, yep. Never never get rid of them because you can always use them for something else. Uh-huh. 
So anyway, we're going to move on now because uh, I never got to say what I'd been building this right. week. Um, and I got a couple of, uh, in fact, I got two projects out of the way this week. Um, I got the uh, Suzuki, was it? No, Honda um, RV. Let me get this right. Uh, it's the Honda uh, uh, oh, bloody hell. It's R something 211 dash something. That's all I can go with at the moment. So I got the, um, You're talking about the motorcycle, right? Yeah, yeah, the motorbike, the yellow motorbike. Or, um, RV, I'm sure it's RV 211. Yeah, I saw pictures of it. It came out nice. Yeah. So anyway, I got that done. Um, and I was pleased to get that finally finished. It just needed, uh, I put an acrylic uh, top coat on and uh, very pleased with how that came out. And I also finished the um, Ford Iveco Highway, which is an Italeri kit. It's 124th scale. Uh, I had some problems with it. I wasn't happy with the scaling of the decals. Um, the decal scaling was atrocious. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. They, they'd got pictures of where the decals were supposed to go, and when you actually put the decal on, it was like, in some cases, at least a third bigger yeah. than what it should have been. Um, so it involved having to uh, cut them down or cut them back. Um, I was severely unimpressed with that. And um, the you know the, the the fittings on the Italeri lorry kits, you've got a whole cab that rests on these two tiny um, areas to glue on, and and there's just it's just too much weight and force uh, working against that join. Um, so I wasn't happy about that either. But the, the kit came out well. It looks okay. Um, it's not the worst I've done. Uh, I don't think it's the best I've done either. Uh, everything was going well up until it came to decaling and, and putting the cab to the, the trailer, the trailer unit. So, yeah, anyway, that got done as well. Uh, both of those are uh, they're on various sites now. So if ever you you know you're looking around Hobby Link or uh, did I get it on um, Story and Syndicate Gilbert? Uh, I didn't see uh, I didn't see those on on there. I saw them on Hobby Link and I saw them on your page. Yeah, I do. I do try to put them up on um, the, the main pages that I'm using. Um, if I've uh, overlooked Story and Syndicate, my apologies for that. Um, but I'll get and anyway, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, they're 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 around anyway, um, and uh, so then my my final topic for the subject for the week in build wise is the one seventy second Revel Snowberry Platinum Edition, um, which I've been I, I dug it off the shelf again um, and started doing some more to it. Um, I've there's been a lot of PE involved with this, uh, and I spent I think it was four hours creating a tiny little um, <laughs> this, 
this tiny little I, I know other people can't see it at the moment I, as i said i'll try and get a photo or something on but do you see this little uh gun here this yeah. forward gun and this round here with the the railing right that took me uh i think it was 12 hours in total and i had uh like a third degree burn off the soldering iron i also had some solder fall onto my hand uh that dripped off the tip of the soldering iron um and left me with a burn there uh <laughs> and uh yeah yeah 12 hours uh i knew it was bad when i when i got the photo etch out photo etch is my nemesis um but i keep plugging away at it this is the photo etch that you get for the wow, a lot yeah for the um snowberry and i know that we uh joshed in an interview recently with uh, mick doherty um now he will look at that and he'll probably look at that as pff, what yeah. a small amount of photo etch because yeah. he's a he's a very very accomplished shipbuilder um and uh i i've seen some of the kits he's put together and he has sheets of these as opposed to i've got one but he has sheets of them um and works with them quite a lot so uh i have a long way to go before i'm anywhere near mixed standards and that, that's me uh that, that's me that's all i've done this week nice. i'll say all i've done that's actually a lot for me yeah. That's like uh, probably three years' work there in one week. <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, so where are we at? We're at 58 minutes. So I think that's a good point to um, close it down there for this week. Um, thanks again to Gil for stepping in. No um, and thanks to Josh, as always. And we will see you all again next week. Uh, until then, goodbye. Yep. Stay well, everybody. Bye. <laughs>